What's happening? This is the Cogent Code Podcast. I'm the little brother of a kill, man. And C was like my older sister. So if y'all ready for this extra elevated conversation, you in the right spot. So today we're going to start off a little bit differently. And we're going to hear from some of the young people and what the Black Panther movie meant to them, who they'd like to see next as the next Black Panther, and some of their thoughts in general about Chadwick Boseman's life. And then we'll end the podcast in the same way. So take a listen before we get into our discussion. Hi, Samara. Hi. So today we were talking about um, the Black Panther, the movie. Did you see that movie? Yes, ma'am. And what were your thoughts about um, T'Challa? What would you like it? Did you like that movie and why? Um, I liked it. And because it, it was just... It's hard to explain. He was really like a hero and he was so, um, he was so sweet and he really, um, brought out the best in people. And he tried his hardest for his country to me. Um, his, um, relationship with his sister, I really like that. Yeah. Did it make you proud to, um, have descendants from Africa? Yes. And what did you think the best part of the movie was? Maybe the part where he came back to life and he was with the other, um, not really the enemy, but the other troop that went mm-hmm. against him in the beginning of the movie. What did you learn about Oakland in that movie? I didn't really learn a lot from Oakland in that movie. Maybe that they really like basketball. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So when you tell your friends, when you tell your friends about that movie, what, how do you describe it? I describe it as a really, really good movie and how, um, how I, I feel like they should make another one, like so many more of those movies, because I love that movie. And it was really, it was like, it was really heartwarming and I really loved it. Legend, can you tell me why you liked the movie Black Panther? I liked the movie because like, there's a lot of action. There's, I mean, there's like a black superhero, so like saves the world, and like, like you know, like he's super cool and stuff. Was that the first time you ever saw a black superhero? Yes. Would you like to have more black superheroes? Yeah, I would love to have more black superheroes. And what do you think the the biggest thing you learned from watching Black Panther about blackness or Africanness? I learned that you always stay in your groups and that like you always stay stick together, their family and the villain. What was the villain's name in there? Um, Cumonger. Cumonger. What do you think? Why do you think that he wanted to take over Wakanda? I think he wanted to take over Wakanda is because that he wanted to get 
rich, be more cool, and like to give it to his like his boss, and like mostly probably to like he wanted to be rich probably. Yeah, money money sometimes makes people do strange things, right? Yeah. Okay. And why do you think that uh, the other tribes stood with T'Challa? Um, probably is because like, cause like he was mostly better than Killmonger, and they wanted to stay with him because like he was like like they're all family, and he was like I don't want to like back down on him, so. Probably that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, did you hear that the actor who played Black Panther passed away the other week? Yeah. Did you get sad? <laughs> so, if you could pick another person to carry on the next movie for Black Panther, who would it be? Probably his sister. I would like to be a. I would like to see a black woman superhero. That is so cool. Well, thank you for talking to me today. Mm-hmm. On this episode, we are going to discuss superheroes versus villains. What does it take to be a real life superhero? Our first black superhero, the Black Panther, the relevance and the impact of Chadwick Boseman's life and the portrayal of that character and why the loss of him was so impactful to the black culture. We will also talk about the villains in our society and their impact on us. So we looked up um, this definition in the Urban Dictionary of a superhero, and uh, it said that a being with extraordinary physical or mental powers far beyond normal human ability who uses these powers to protect the innocent and for the general good. And, you know, what's interesting is that Chadwick Boseman had had a quote about villains that I wanted to kind of get into um, to just um, illustrate the contrast there. So he said the only difference between a hero and a villain is that the villain chooses to use the power in a way that is selfish and hurts people. Mm. So that was a quote from Chadwick Boseman. And so I think we should start off by just kind of talking about um, the impact of Chadwick Boseman's portrayal of the Black Panther, mm-hmm. um, what what I think Black people consider one of the first Black superheroes we were ever able to identify with. Um, and kind of, I think we also should get, get into the time period in which that movie came out, because I think that um, it was a high for Black people, and now we're seeing kind of a low for Black people in our society. And, and, and let's talk about that. So. Um, just in your thoughts, like, what did you think that the impact of, of that movie was on black culture? Well, I, I think that, I mean, just out the gate, it was, um, it was incredibly beautifully done. Um, just, the, I mean, the kind of visual, the, the cinematography, all of that direction. Um, but on top of that, it really emphasized, you know, to me, you know, we know we know what has come out of Africa, right? We know um, that that the beginning, you know, was there, and that you know we had scholars and scientists, and you know all these things, uh, all these people um, in Africa, in various tribes, in various parts of the continent, and for it for that to be like the focus of Wakanda and their kind of base of power, base of um, 
I just thought that that was pretty dope that they, they made that match. Yeah. You know, one thing I think when you were saying that, that kind of popped into my mind is that, um, Africa was colonized, right? And so the potential, uh, and and then we have the legacy of slavery, slavery in in the Americas and in the Caribbean and, and in the South America region. And um, when you think about that, and you think about um, what that could have potentially done to the growth of Af- Africans and African culture, and the fact that in in societies um, where they had and, and I would say in Africa, a wealth of resources, natural resources that were sought after by uh, Europeans and other culture. You never really know what the potential could have been um, if those type of um, historic events had not occurred and what um, would have grown out of the African culture un- untouched by uh, Europeans. So, or at least touched by Europeans in a way that was wanted and not forced upon that society. So um, I, I do think that Wakanda for, uh, you know, for me was the idealistic society that you would have hoped would have developed um, in Africa it, had we been able to cultivate and to grow our own society and land untouched and unpillaged un, um, by, um, by other uh, uh, ethnicities coming in or other uh, groups of people coming in. Um, so I, I think that, yeah, I think that that was a, a super impactful um, thing to see on film because I think a lot of us have escapism into film and really um, sometimes can see ourselves um, as we're watching something. So, well, and then we talk, you know, we talk about, um, you know, in some of our communities about, you know, just being kings and queens and coming from kings and queens. Um, but we don't get to see that visually. Um, you know, too often. So that was a big thing. But one of the things that I thought was also very interesting um, in the messaging was about the fact that uh, in order to, in order for Wakanda to survive um, and continue with its technological advances and all, it had to be hidden, had to be in hiding. You know, when they talked about Wakanda, they talked about Wakanda as a third poor, you know, a third world country um, you know, basically goat farmers, you know, and, and, uh, you know, underneath the veil of, you know, the, however they, their field or whatever you want to call it. But once they, they entered into like Wakanda, um, it was obviously space age. So, uh, it was just a trip that they, that, you know, most of their existence until the end of the movie, they were, you know, they were doing everything they can or could to, hide the fact that they were as great, you know, and as rich and, and you know, resourceful as, as, uh, as they actually really were. And that's kind of a, you know, parallel to, you know, you, what you just said, you know, so, you know, just think if, if that approach was taken where, you know, they hid the gold and the diamonds and the, you know, titanium and all the metals and, and all the resources and really kind of, you know, had an outer layer of just, you know, the desert and some huts, then, you know, like you said, it could, that could actually have been real Wakanda. Yeah. You know, I, I think that that, you know, that definitely was, is what I was thinking when I saw that beautiful uh, movie. So let's, um, you know, before we get into the actual um, 
person who played uh, T'Challa. Um, let's talk about a little bit about the time that that movie came out and why it was so impactful for me. When I think about it, um, we had a African American president and the first one that we we ever had, and uh, somebody who carried themselves with such grace and um, intelligence and uh, you know we could actually see our kids could see themselves and we could see ourselves in, in that vision. Right. And we had not um, in the past, we had reached certain levels in, in the cabinet, you know, the executive um, branch of government. And we've, you know, obviously had senators and Congress people that were of African descent, but we, the highest office in the land had never been occupied um, by an African American. And I think that for a lot of us, uh, there was a sense of pride that we were feeling in that time in, in, in our histories thus far. And for the movie to come out in, in the time period where the president was also African-American, I think added a, a, a extra layer of, uh, and maybe falsely right now that we see what's happening on the backside of it, but an extra layer of pride in, uh, in, in, in America, right. And coming from a, a country that, was allowing for these achievements to actually be valued and seen, right? And that movie was a box office hit and it had smashed records all over the world, mm. right? And a lot of people, um, when it comes to black cinema, have um, felt that we've been placed in boxes of certain characters and certain types of movies. And it was kind of a time period for me in history where we were um, thriving on on many levels and seeing a lot of different portrayals of characters that we could be proud of and we could uh, make sure that our children saw that they could be anything that they wanted to be as we always are reminding them that they they can. Right, and and it kind of came also on the tail end of uh, all the controversy about the from uh, my timing is correct about the Oscars so white and all the other you know kind of. Um, lack of recognition and out and and you know accolades as it turn as it pertains to you know the quality of our our actors and actresses and uh, you know and and them getting that their due justice and so um, you know for that to kind of be the smash and also like you said that that broke every you know every single Marvel movies uh, every single other Marvel movie you know um, including Captain America. Those, you know, was smashed and, and uh, you know, it became a billion dollar, um, you know, franchise just like that. And so, um, so yeah, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. It, it was a, a timing that was very interesting. And, um, and the fact that it was, it was received so powerfully. Um, but, it, you know, you're talking about the other part of it is, you know, I loved Halloween after it was, oh, after it was done, right? Because, you know, so many kids, you know, especially so many black kids, you know, went from playing, you know, being Superman for Halloween or being, you know, Batman for Halloween to being Black Panther. And it was, you know, and I, and I was just an amazing sight uh, to see, you know, kind of see that transition too of kind of pride. Yeah. And then, you know, just to go a little further is um, obviously we both have roots to Oakland, right? Um and we explained that in in the in the first episode that we ever uh, had launched. Um, 
And I thought it was just so, and to the Black Panther in the, in the movement, but the, um, I thought it was so poignant to weave in the history of the Black Panther movement and mm-hmm. into uh, that superhero's character, right? Because every, as if, if you're a Marvel fan, right? Or even a DC comic fan, but mm-hmm. in particularly Marvel, if, if you look back, um, every character has a backstory, right? So you have to, even if you see them in, in some clip of uh, if one of the movies, you will go back and learn their backstory. And I thought it was a beautiful um, uh, way to weave in kind of the economic, um, the socioeconomic issues that were present, right, in Oakland, California, mm-hmm. and also the contrast between that and what it looked like in Wakanda, right? right. And uh, we were having a discussion about this a little earlier, but the villain in that particular movie was born out of um, ill feelings that he mm-hmm. had from being on the opposite side of a Wakanda type of reality, right? A a poor uh, scenario, uh, a father that he felt was wronged, right, by mm-hmm. Chala's father, um, and kind of it wove in historic elements of real life history, which in other Marvel movies I don't know, and maybe you can correct me. They do it too. They'll they may put like Captain Marvel, if he, uh, in, yeah. uh, Captain America. I'm sorry. Um, you'll see them show historic events that the character is a part of, right? So that you're learning a bit of history um, along with um, the the character being born. But in this case, you know, the history that you're learning is black history, right? And and, in something that I think isn't taught widely in school, maybe a, you know, a pin in your textbook of Mm -hmm. your week of black history um, per year. Um, It's like a little pin that you learn about and it's kind of looked over, but if you're not a um, lover of history or you're not intrigued by um, that movement, the civil rights movement, um, the Black Panther Party, uh, Malcolm X or um, Martin Luther King, you may not, you know, delve into exactly the impact and why uh, these type of activist groups were born. So right. I thought that was beautiful, a beautiful way to do it and, and give it to the masses mm. that might not have been organically interested in it yeah and i and i you know we we have another episode uh, about trauma um but it was very interesting that his anger um killmonger's character killmonger uh his anger was you know not only you know growing up but being abandoned you know he because you know the way that i understood the movie was that uh you know after he was just with his dad and then once his dad got killed, you know, and, and the Wakanda folks left, um, then they, you know, then he was had to pretty much fend for himself. So we could just imagine what that might have that might have been. Right. And um, and so just that just, you know, that relates to, you know, a lot of situations in our community and, and a lot of kids have gone through those same things, you know, and so for us to have. You know, I think the part of the movie that got me when he went back and saw his father and, you know, he just told them that they were wrong for dismissing and, you know, leaving people that they could have helped. Um, You know, so uh, there's a lot of messages in this bad boy. 
Yeah. So let's just turn our attention just for a second because we want to do honor um, to uh, the actor who played uh, T'Challa, which was uh, uh, Chadwick uh, Aaron Bozeman. And uh, as many people who are going to listen to this know that he passed away on uh, August 28th, um, which was just very recent. And I felt a profound sadness. Yeah. It was like, um, you know, it's strange because I think to be connected to a, a actor in the way that I felt connected to him. And if you think about his career, it was not that long. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but he played such profound uh characters um he played jackie robinson in 42 which was one of his breakout roles that many people had noticed him in and then james brown and get on up in 2014 thurgood marshall which is actually my um one of my favorite people in history and when somebody that i looked up to in going to law school uh in, in 2017 he played mark uh thurgood marshall in marshall he and played, then um he played the hell out of that role too yeah. yeah. And then um, and then obviously the Black Panther, as we've been talking about. And um, what is most interesting to me is that um, he was diagnosed with stage three and then it progressed to stage four um, colon cancer in 2016. And um, to play most of his roles from, um, you know, Marshall to the uh, Bloods, which it was, I think, uh, I think he played in, in I'm going to get this one wrong, but um, what it was Black Bottom. I don't remember the first part of it. He he played that role as well. I don't think that that movie's out yet, but the majority of the roles he played, he played while he had colon cancer and right. um, just, I mean, it's just amazing to think about his personal struggle that was going on. And him representing these really profound historic characters so well, where he made us feel proud and made us feel like we were taking a peek into their actual reality in in life. And what he brought to to T'Challa to me was such grace and poise and, and royalty to the way that he treated every aspect of that role and every, um, thing that was coming up in in that role so what what about you what what did you feel about no I, I I definitely you know I don't I'm not one of those people that really kind of tie myself to celebrities or you know I mean I just it I don't usually you know pay that much attention and I also don't usually um, but there's been a couple that that uh you know I I literally feel like I had like some heartbreak from you know, um, you know, Kobe, Nipsey Hussle, you know, Pac, Biggie probably. And then, and then now Chadwick, um, I actually like felt really sad. Like you said, um, felt sad just because one, he was, he was, he had such momentum and he was going to do, you know, he was going to do some really, really great, amazing things, not just as an actor, but, you know, if you've seen his, his, um, Howard University commencement speech. If you've seen his some all of his interviews, if you've seen, I mean, you know, he has a great mix of humor and you know, kind of realness and really purpose. And so, um, yeah. So I think we we we've, we've lost a really 
uh, a really heavyweight in that area. Um, so, yeah, so I, I to, to your point, I felt really sad. Um, I'm really happy of what he left us, though. Um, there was one more that's not on our list that I actually just watched the other day called Message from the King. And um, and one thing that you just mentioned about him being suffering from, um, you know, from disease while he was doing all of this, you know, Black Panther and this message from the King movie, they were incredibly physical movies. Right. I mean, the fight scenes and the action scenes, you know, which I'm assuming he did a lot of, um, you know, maybe he had a stunt double, but he did a lot of it. Um were, were really physical and just to get, imagine, you know, from those and what I know about cancer is that it's incredibly painful. And so to be able to do that, you know, do that kind of work and be that physical while he's already going through like some horrible thing, which is, you know, it just showed you a, you know, kind of gave us a, another glimpse into the, his spirit, um, you know, as actor, the purpose that he felt about making sure that these roles were done by him and done right, um, was, was, you know, we, we have a huge loss now. We do. And, you know, it, it's Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I think I just left out Ma Rainey. So right. let me just go back in and, and uh, revise that. Also, 21 Bridges. I saw that movie as well. And you're right. He That was pretty physical. He was running all over. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that um, he also, I think, is you know, went around while he had cancer and mm-hmm. keeping it secret. Uh, he went around and uh, visited kids yes. uh, with cancer. Right. Um, and made quotes about how it must be so hard for them to suffer from cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, all the while he had, um, they're reporting that he had about four surgeries and he was going through chemotherapy um, while he was doing all this. And I think um, there's a quote, which I, you know, didn't, um, write down, but I I know that um, one of the things that was said about him and and it's something that he quoted is that he wanted to leave all of it on the table, like everything he had to give on, on the table. And definitely, I think I felt after learning even more deeply about some of the things he was able to achieve in his 43 years here on this earth was that what an amazing person to leave it all, all of his gifts that God had given, gave him on the table. And, you know, um, we were having a conversation about this podcast, right. And in the first episode, we talk about why we wanted to do it. And before, when we were prepping for this episode, I had said to you, like, for me, what's so important is that, you know, right now we're in a a situation where many people, over 180,000 people have died from from COVID. And I think more than ever, uncertainty about life is facing us. And I was saying to you that for me to, whether or not this is going to start out as a hobby for us and whatever it grows into it, it does. But an important aspect of it for me is to leave something behind for my son, um, to hear my voice. Um, as I stated in, in one of the other episodes, my father died when I was 12. And one of the things that really impacted me as his memory started to fade was not being able to hear his voice anymore in my head. So, Uh, I really think it's important when you're being able to leave something behind for your kids. And obviously I'm no Chadwick Boseman, right? But 
but to leave something behind for your kids that you're you're proud of and that they can hear your voice, that they can hear your thoughts about things, um, how you looked at the world. Um, because I think that um, as you grow up, the things that your parents instill in you is the loudest voice that comes to your mind when something is happening or you're trying to think through um, how to behave or how to deal uh, with something in life. So to leave something behind for your kids to listen to is one of the main reasons why I think it's important to uh, do something like what we're doing. Right. It's, it's, and that, you know, obviously I expressed it to you the other day, but that, um, that resonated with me heavily. And, and it reminds me of when my girls were very young. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys seen, but you, you know, you can buy those teddy bears with like the recorder in them. Yeah. And so I used to buy them teddy bears and cause I traveled a lot for work and I would record me reading like their favorite book. So every night they would get, you know, they would go to bed, they would hesitate and they would have my voice, you know, saying goodnight to them, reading the book and all that kind of stuff. If I could, if I had a chance to talk to them, but this is even, even more important because I think, you know, the, the fact that, um, you know, how we named and what we named this podcast and the fact that we're talking about, um, you know, really things in a logical, rational way, but also just, um, you know, it's a combination of learning and it's a combination of just expression and just a combination of us. So I think, um, I think that, you know, down the road, it would be, it would be cool to hear what we thought about things today as well, you know, for us. So I, I, I'm really oh, yeah. about it. Yeah. Cause that's changed. I mean, we think about conversations from when we were 20, you know, 26, 27 years old to conversations today, 20 years later, you know, I'm sure, you know, there's some fundamental things that we definitely are the same about, but, um, you know, life gives you a lot of lessons. So in the episode that was, uh, it's not a a drama, it's trauma. Mm -hmm. You know, there was even a growth moment in there. I know, uh, for you when we were talking about, um, bipolar disorder. So, you know, I think that even having the conversation, sometimes having guests with a varied perspective, like, Uh, I think the greatest thing about life is being open to learn and change your perspectives um, as you go along. As long as you're open, a lot of people are so set in certain things that they're not really willing to to, to take it in and really digest it and think about why do they have certain perspectives. And I think even in Chadwick's quote, right, that I said is that uh, villains are the, the difference between a superhero and villain is is the way that they're using, you know, the, their, their beliefs. One is using it for selfishness in their own good, and the other one is using it for the good of others. So, um, but to go on that, do you think we currently have any real superheroes around us that that come to mind? Um, yeah, I think there's a real, I think there's just regular people, you know I mean? I think, you know, we think you brought up COVID a little earlier. I mean, all of these, you know, kind of frontline um, healthcare workers, you know, that are that are doing their thing and still having to try and take care of their families. And, you know, I think them, I think that, you know, we have teachers that are, you know, they have had to change their whole style to make sure that these kids um, continue to get educated in an online only, you know, kind of virtual space. Um, I think that there's parents 
you know, that are, uh, you know, I think we're superheroes to a certain, you know, some of us are definitely, um, you know, really do, do like kind of beyond and, you know, the norm. Um, so yeah, I think, I mean, I think we have a lot of real, real kind of superheroes. Um, but, you know, it's interesting about, about the Marvel, um, you know, the first, their first black kind of superhero being the Black Panther. Um, you know, Stan Lee seemed to always have some, uh, you know, some purpose behind, you know, each one. And like you said, there's a backstory on each superhero out there. There's, you know, some kind of a complex, you know, they're, they're not really simple people. They're complex. They think differently. There's always a humor aspect to just about each one of them in, in one way or another. So, um, you know, I don't think it was by mistake that Black Panther was the one that, uh, you know, he had to embody us. And, uh, and so it's, that's pretty cool. Um, you asked me about superheroes. What do you think about villains? Do we have any villains? Are there any real life villains? Yeah. So we, we, we kind of, you know, getting ready for this had, had talked a little bit about it and where I'm finding that people, um, have become a little bit of villains in, in society is that, um, I, I think some of the humanity is being stripped away from, People and, and sometimes it's coming out in political viewpoints, but it's just it's just coming out, right? We're, we're seeing it on um, Facebook uh, fights that you you see people going back and forth on. Um, social media is just it, it, it's just crazy. You also see it in podcasts, right? You're, some people are being vilified for statements they're making about their belief systems. Um, but what, what I what I think and I find so interesting um, right now in this time of history is that the humanity of people it's it's almost like a choice right now. So um, when a when a person says, for instance, say if the person is in favor of economic growth, right? Um, it, when it, the economy is doing well, um, in, in some cases, it has a cost. And what I find interesting is that some people are holding on to the economic um, wealth and growth and aspects that are making them do well at the expense of something else. And rather than um, vocalizing that there's an expense and that they may be holding on to something because it serves their own self-interest. It's like all of the things that are negative then become a fight, right? It becomes, you know, uh, it, it's either you're on this side or that side. And I don't think kind of like how Stan Lee portrays Marvel characters, mm -hmm. it's not so black and white. I mean, we had had a conversation about immigrants and immigration, right? right. And um, what I find so interesting and obviously I'm going to be a little bit more personal about it because my mom was an immigrant right she, she's not from this country she had to become a citizen which she did when I was younger but we're all um, products of immigration in the United States unless you're an indigenous Native American right. and that's everyone right uh, and or you were brought over here by a, the, a slave ship which I wouldn't consider you an immigrant of your own free will. So in that case, what I find so interesting is that it's almost like people have forgotten that that's what the United States was founded on. And now it's gotten to the point where it is, if you're an American citizen, then everybody else is not. And immigration now has to have all of these rules where I think the premise for immigration is that people 
are trying to leave wherever they're from for an opportunity or a better life. And in that conversation, uh, in, you know, the detention centers that we find these children in being separated from their parents, sometimes I find that people want to hold on their laurels of, oh, you should come into this country a certain way and you should, you know, become a citizen and the dreamers, you know, they came here or they were born here uh, or they or they came here when they were young and they were never in that other country. Let me just correct that. It, it's, it's almost like we've, we've turned a blind eye to the humanity part of it. And the answer is just send them back to the country they came from, which is, to me, it's like, how can that even, if you're a mother mm-hmm. and you think about children being separated from their parents in these centers, like I'm a mother, like I can't even imagine being separated from my son uh, while he's in some other part of a detention center without me. But that's like, the, I just, I can't, I can't even imagine. That's the, um, but that's the difference. And that's, uh, you know, I think that that point is a good one. And that is that if you don't look at other people that aren't like you, that don't look like you, that don't have the same background or culture as you, as not human, you talked about the humanity, you know, um, you know, it, it's 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 easier for them to, to, to operate in that fashion without having, you know, without ha- their conscious eating them up, you know. Um, that's why, you know, we're dealing with, with really pushing this whole, you know, um, recognition of black lives right now, you know, because as long as we got to force feed this, this, you know, kind of general greater mass society that to the fact that, you know, exactly what you just described, if you were a mother and you were a mother to a mother, you both have kids, how would you want yourself to be treated and your child to be treated? Um, and, and is that, is that, uh, does that match how you're treating these other ones, right? These other folks. And most of the time it's not, you know, you got, you know, and when you see a, a, a black man getting shot in the back eight times by a white police officer, and then in the next video you see, you know, um, a full on scrap and, and the guy still gets taken away in handcuffs alive. You know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's all about um, whatever that indoctrination or that, that brainwashing that has people not looking at other people as human beings. And if you do that, then, then it's, it's much more difficult, I think, to carry out some of the atrocities that we see. But here's the thing. This is how, and, and to, to go back to this villain point, here's the thing. At the end of the day, you've got to live with yourself. And if you believe in God, some people, you know, are not. Uh, believing in God as being the the end all. Some people don't believe there is heaven. I understand there's a gamut of religious beliefs, but I'm not going to take my chances when I get, when I get to the afterlife, because uh, we also talked about Chadwick and the service that he had here on earth. I don't want to take my chances when it's all said and done because I wanted to see somebody as less than human, right? Because I wanted to treat somebody as less than, I wanted to serve my own self-interest, material items that I cannot take with me when I shut my eyes and it's over. That's those things I cannot take with me. So it, it, from my perspective, I don't think that it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And I think that people really need to have self-examination about uh, 
you know, what you're actually saying and how you're portraying yourself because these little Facebook sound bites that I see and all the people that are figuring out that the friends that they had for years weren't had really secret beliefs <laughs> that they didn't know that they had, um, or even coworkers, you know, um, with, with this, this George Floyd thing, it became something that was intertwined into our realities at work. And a lot of opinions started to fly out of people's mouths that were usually kept quiet because that wasn't an appropriate place to express your opinion. But we, we ended up cracking it a little bit open and letting people, and it's hard to hear certain things and not feel some way about it, right? Some kind of way about who you're sitting next to or what their real thought is about you. So um, so to the point is, I think that um, I, I think that people do need to in this time where you have quiet time to quiet your mind is really examine, like what per- kind of person do you want to become? What kind of examples are you setting for your your children and the people around you in the kind of discussions? It's okay to say that you want economic growth and you also you know care about people who are poor. It's okay to say that you think that there should be rules around immigration, but what we're doing right now isn't the way to go about that change. Um, it's okay to admit to that and it doesn't have to be so... Uh, you know, cut and divided along certain lines that I think that have become very ugly. Mm. And I, it's become something that people are holding onto. I think that that's what makes them villains in my mind, because it's, it's, there's no shame in saying that it's complex or, you know, you do see people as human, or maybe it's even okay to say, Hey, I was taught, I, I grew up in, the South, I was taught a certain way and maybe that was wrong. I'm starting to learn that. But the, the thing is, is that right now I see such a strong stance, like people are divided um, um, amongst politicians. Like you don't know that politician. Mm-hmm. And even, even when we get into the presidential situation, you can, what I find is interesting too, is like somebody is like, oh, I don't like this person. I don't like this person. And it's based on one thing. Right. So everything else that they stand for is just thrown in the trash. Like, I think it's a complex, complex thing. But I think that people really need to get real with themselves about who they actually want to be and and um, whether or not, you know, whether or not the values that they're putting out there are really what they want to be a reflection on their own soul when it comes down to it. Yeah. And I and I, you know, I I guess just to me, it. I don't think people think about it that deep. I think they, I think they think about it as, you know, well, first of all, to me, the villains that we're talking about are those who, who actually um, made the effort or took action based on, you know, not caring in the, in the previous, you know, your earlier definition about, you know, using their power for, for evil or for bad or for, to hurt people. Um, you know, and I think that those could be, you know, whether they could be people in authority, they could be law enforcement, they could be politicians, they could be teachers, they could be parents. <laughs> Excuse me, they could be all of these things, and um, you know, but they've had they've actually done something behind it, where they have, um, you know, they've actually enacted a law or they enacted something that that actually really hurt people, and they continue to do so. So I think that to me, that's one thing about villains. Um, the other thing is that I, I just I think that people are um, I think fear dominates everything. 
um, for, for some of these folks. And so, you know, there is a really um, actual, a real actual fear that this country is, is leaning more and more towards um, becoming a brown country. The fact that there are, you know, that there is this movement around, um, you know, pushing our, our agenda and recognizing our, our, uh, you know, buying power and our, you know, that's up a trillion um, and all these different things. As far as like, to me, uh, uh, I didn't really hit on the superhero part of it, but I agree with you. I think, you know, there are superheroes every day that are selfless and willing to sacrifice their own health, their own um, well-being in some cases for others. And I just think that that's a beautiful thing. Um, also, even in, you know, the, the civil unrest movement that we're seeing right now, um, some people have so much courage to stand up for what they believe in and whether or not, you know, there's a big debate about looters and, and what this actually, you know, means for society. But, you know, I think that there's a quote that I think we, you and I used to always talk about, which is um, uh, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Right. And so I think that um, it's really beautiful to see, for the courage in these young people to actually stand up, whether you agree with what they're standing up for or not to stand up and say, this is not right. I'm not going to stand for this or, or whatever the belief system it is that that courage that we're seeing right now uh, is, is quite impressive. And I think that it, it's been born out of um, uh, parents and other influences that they've had that, have made them believe that they can do and be anything, right? You can do or be anything, say anything, stand up for what you believe. I mean, we've had everything from women's marches. Uh, we've had, um, you know, these, these Black Lives Matter marches. We've had um, around the world just standing up and saying, like, this is not right. And this is not the way we'd like to see the direction of this com country go. Right. You know, um, it, it's, it's, you know, and not to, and I'm going to say this popular or unpopular, like there's a lot of debate and people will say, well, blue lives matter. Look, police officers, good police officers, they're every day, they are risking their lives to protect the general public. And they are um, definitely um, vital to a society when it's done properly and right. Mm. It is in no way, I think that the debate should ever be that that's not a necessary uh, uh, function, right, to keep law and order. I don't think that that's the debate. It's the way law and order is being kept, which is the debate. And I think that people need to stop trying to simplify it and take it all the way down to, oh, well, if you say that something's not right, then that means that you're negating the fact that these people are, you know, um, protecting the community. I don't think that that is the debate. The debate is how are you doing it? And why is it that one part of the community gets to jail safely and the other part of the community tends to have high incident rates of death or beating or some kind of, um, to your point, um, dehumanization, right, of, of, of folks. And I think that that's where um, Police officers, in some cases, are getting vilified, right? I'm going to say that because I think we're talking about superheroes and villains. There are superhero police officers. Don't get us wrong. There are 
superhero police officers that will stand up and in any situation do what's right. It's when the mob mentality or the turning point where people know something's not right and they don't do anything to stop it. Mm-hmm. Even in a group of officers, you might have your partner uh, you know, be with you every day. They do something wrong. You should feel comfortable enough to say, hey, man, calm down. Mm-hmm. In the heat of the moment, that you're taking this too far. You don't need to do that. Let, let me let me handle this. Move back. I'll restrain this individual. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the kind of conversations that we're asking to have, and we're we're really wanting to see um, and, and changing the structure of the way it's been done in the past because that could be leading to why we are even having these type of incidents being elevated in certain locations, which that's a whole nother show because there's so many reasons why there are more incidences in low poverty areas than, than not. But um, I think that there's uh, let me just jump in real quick. There's also a problem uh, when you use those two kind of examples Um, is, is the unfortunate false equivalency, right? So when we talk about, you know, when, when you hear people shout Black Lives Matter, um, they're really talking about black lives. When you hear folks talk about blue lives matter, there's no situ no there's no blue life. They're police officers who took a job to do this, and this is their this their occupation, just like if they were an electrician or a doctor or a nurse, right? So um, so I think that there's a there's a false equivalency when we talk about blue lives versus black lives or blue lives and black lives. Um, you know, we can't take can't take it off. And we're gonna be seen in whatever way we're going to be seen, positive, negative, or otherwise, every day, no matter what. When the police officer comes home and he takes off his uniform and his gun and everything, and he goes to the grocery store with his kid. Mm-hmm. Unless he, unless somebody tells him, or unless he tells someone, no one knows he's a police officer. But you're you're black all the time, so I get really kind of I I, I feel like the equivalency is problematic on that. But I think your points about that there are that there are um, you know there are good people and bad people. Um, kind of in every, you know, every demographic or every circle, um, you know, and this is is what it is. But I, um, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, we have a balance of superheroes and villains, um, you know, throughout society. Uh, and, and sometimes even in the same person, you know, <laughs> and it's about trying to make sure that one, either one or the other is not, uh, harming anybody, but actually helping, and, uh, and that there is a, you know, and then there's a push forward to um, to improving other people's lives. But I think your point earlier about us trying to figure out or getting people, you know, awake to the point where they are seeing um, the humanity in other people, then you generally treat people differently, you know, uh, and that may be a, you know maybe be the elixir that needs to be out there. Yeah. As always, as we we wrap up this one, although I think we could have went on and on on this topic because I think it took turns that I didn't even anticipate, but, but I, I do think that, um, when there is an opportunity for us to show up as a superhero, 
or a villain. I'm hoping that the superhero wins, right? Right. So thanks for this conversation today. Thank you. Have a great day. What is the most important thing that the Black Panther movie taught you about African societies? Um, I feel like Black Panther wasn't as Americanized as a lot of the Marvel movies. And like, I like to see like um, the scars they had from like who they had killed and like the different patterns they had in their culture and stuff. I don't think Marvel's produced anything like that before. And I felt like it was a good representation of other cultures. Chadwick Boseman passed away on the 28th. Um, did you have any feelings about his death? And, and can you explain kind of how you felt? Yeah, when he died, I don't know why, but his death was, it hit different than like any other death that we had an experience this year. And I think it's because I had such a connection to the movie because he was the first black superhero I had seen from Marvel like that, besides like Ironman's, like he was like, he had a complete, he was a superhero himself. He wasn't a sidekick or anything like that. And I think that I know how he was outside of filming too. Like I knew the person that he was before, like he passed away. And so he was really inspirational and he did a lot and he inspired a lot of people. And so he also went out so he went, he died still giving back to people like his entire, that's what his entire life was. And so it's just really sad that I know he wasn't suffering alone, but I wish that we could have given him more support while he was still here. Why do you think he didn't tell anybody about his colon cancer diagnosis? I think he didn't tell anybody one, because sometimes the media can be really toxic and so like with people's relationships, they never want to bring that to, they don't always want to bring that to the media because they want to make it, it's a really personal thing that he was going through. And so I know like he told his family and his wife about it. So I know he probably just wanted to keep it personal without the whole world knowing about it. Or maybe he just didn't want the pity that came along with it. And he wanted to be seen as a normal person doing normal things without people always like thinking in the back of their head that he's dying. Yeah. Um, if you uh, could cast one person in the next Black Panther movie, because obviously they were going to make a sequel, who would it be? I don't know like which actor specifically, but I think it should be, I think Lupita should become, I think she should step up. They could like represent and honor his death. And then she should step up because I think it'd be really cool to have a black female superhero as well. I don't think like, like he inspired a lot of black children, but black girls, like they also need that inspiration too. And I think that she not only represents black women, but she's also a dark skinned black woman. And I think she would make a lot of black girls feel really confident in themselves and beautiful and think that they could do what she does. Have you seen the movie Black Panther? Yes, I have. And so what what are your thoughts on the movie and um, what that first Black superhero meant to, to us as Black people? My thoughts on the movie, initially when I first saw it, it was great. It was um, very inspirational um, just to see how uh, we had one of our own people as an 
actor as a superhero because when i was growing up we didn't have any of those up until whenever the movie was made uh black panther so it was really inspirational to see uh chadwick boseman be uh the first black superhero um so it was great so what what lesson do you think um or one of the main lessons that you think that the movie was trying to send to us or send to the world about uh africa or about blackness People with all the money in the world feel powerful, right? They're going to feel like they can do whatever they want, buy whatever they want. So what I feel like the, one of the messages in, in uh, Black Panther was don't like focus on just the money. Like it's not about being powerful. Like if you're an individual, you're, you're a human being, just be equal. Like there's no point in having one more. There's no point in having extra power and having power over other people just so you could sit on a throne and just be great. And yeah, that was the message I took away from it. Have you ever seen another movie that you can think of that showed uh, uh, people in Africa that were thriving in that way? No, not at all. No, I have not. So when Chad Chadwick Boseman died uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, um, did you feel anything about um, his passing? Yeah, it was very sad. Even without him doing Black Panther, he was a really like I saw other uh, movies from him and he was very inspirational and like he was humble. He was he was great. He's he's like a really good actor. And um, it was sad. It was it was sad hearing about that. And I'm pretty sure that we're going to film a second one, too. So. It was sad. I mean, my little brother, who's he's five now, he loved that movie. He was waiting on a second one. He loved that movie. Um, but it was great. Yeah. So if they film a second one, as I think they're going to continue to do, who would who do you think can embody either Black Panther or what, what would you like to see? I think his sister, like Legend said, I think his sister. That'd be dope. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I think it will. Hi, my name is Shailis J. Okay. Um, so, Shailis, when you saw the Black Panther movie, can you tell me how you felt or what you thought about watching that type of superhero movie? Um, when I saw it, first, I've seen a lot of Marvel superhero movies. And to me, Black Panther represented something completely different than I've ever seen. Um, I thought it was completely beautiful all around from the colors, the culture, the people, the, the story. I think they represented not just black people, but black culture in a amazing way. And I think it inspired black people in a way that we kind of needed at a, at that time. We needed, you know, all the time, but it inspired people as a, whole uh, in a major way. Why do you think that that's the first time um, in 2018 that we've ever seen a black superhero? Um, hmm. I don't wanna, hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> I think that they knew Black people needed it. Um, I think 
we had our Obama <laughs> and we kind of they they knew I won't say that they knew, but black people knew that black people when I say they needed um, something else to look up to or they needed some kind of motivation or just to see something different. Mm-hmm. If somebody played a sequel to the Black Panther, who would you want either the actor to be or who would you want to play in the second movie? Ooh, um, I can't really remember her name, but she was the girlfriend. Uh huh, Lupita. No Lupita. Yeah. Oh, that's her name. That's Lupita. Okay. Yeah. Jordan say Lupita, but I didn't know that was the girlfriend. Yes, I would love to see her step up. I can tell she was very passionate, especially about her people, and so to see her be a leader. Um, would definitely change a lot of um, a lot of perspectives for not just women but men to see women in a leadership role and see them controlling and handling things the way that women handle things. <laughs> so I think that would be really dope to see. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I I think you know a lot of people have said the sister. You now, Lupita. The the one character that I kind of want to see as a superhero is the I don't even know her name. I'm not going to do it justice, but his his the guard, the the right hand woman. You know what I mean? The one that oh, she was spicy and hard. You know what I mean? You don't play. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what? I would like to see her as a leader, but she might pop off and get fired. <laughs> right, right. I was thinking that as you were saying that, I was like, hey, nobody said this and I wonder why, but <laughs> that's the black girl magic I want to see. Yeah, she will definitely be fierce. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think about that. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. What you going to? What, 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 what you going to? What you, what you going to?